This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. To see that China will be under the microscope and also the good doctor, Dr. Anthony Fauci. The GOP is saying that one of their top priorities is to investigate the origins of COVID, to look into the Wuhan lab, and to pull up also Dr. Fauci and maybe get some finally some answers about the gain-of-function research that he keeps saying, I'm not really sure what you mean by that. Even though the head of EcoHealth, which was part of that grant process, the head of it, the former head, came out and said, yeah, we were doing gain-of-function, and it was tied to Wuhan Lab. So why are the words so hard to get out of Dr. Anthony Fauci's mouth? Well, maybe we're going to finally get some answers, and they can't come soon enough. I want to hear your thoughts tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show as to do you think this should be priority number one for the Republicans when they take over the House of Representatives, which is going to happen next Tuesday. Isn't that wild? It is literally right around the corner. And so Republicans have said that they will finally look into some of these things that how could the Biden administration When you have something as serious as millions of people around the world who have been killed from COVID and the president of our country is on the phone with the president of China and doesn't even talk about COVID, doesn't say to him, hey, you know, maybe there's some details on this. Uh, Don't you think we need to know this? Shouldn't we be able to get inspectors into the Wuhan lab, even if it's just to clear China, which I don't think will happen, but even if it's just to open all avenues and at least have it investigated fairly and squarely. So this, to me, is abominable. The fact that China has gotten a free pass with the Biden administration, I mean, it is shameful. You have something that has killed millions of people around the world, a million here in America, and our president doesn't even have, like, the guts to basically say, "Uh, you know, Xi Jinping, We need to have inspectors at the Wuhan lab, first of all, to find out, were you responsible for this? And second of all, so this never happens again. So to me, it is of utmost importance. I say bravo to the House GOP that they're coming out in the last 24, 48 hours and saying that this is going to be one of their top priorities. It needs to be because the American public, the world public, deserves answers. And the fact that China has been able to just kind of dance around it. It makes a mockery of America. It makes a mockery of the world. And you have a virus that kills millions of people and you don't even force the subject 
of investigations in their country, you go, oh, oh we're not going to let you come in. And the WHO and Biden basically go, okay, no problem. I, I mean, that is pathetic. So I am really happy to see that the House Republicans have a spine. Let's see how much of a spine they have. And I hope almost on day one that they demand that somehow inspectors get into the Wuhan lab so we can get answers once and for all. Was it indeed man-made? Was it gain and function? Was it tied to some of these grants that Anthony Fauci was holding the purse strings of? And why didn't he tell us? Uh, There's a lot of questions there. And especially because right now there are increased COVID cases coming back in China, of all things. I mean, right now, we have to make sure we don't see a repeat performance. One of them was bad enough. We don't need the encore, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is Congressman James Comer. He is head of the House Oversight Committee, and he says that immediately they will look into COVID. Take a listen. We're very concerned about where so much of the COVID stimulus money went, the PPP loan money went, the unemployment insurance fund money went. Uh, We're going to go into the entire origination of COVID. We believe that the government was involved in a cover-up and trying to cover up every effort that uh, would have shown that uh, this COVID-19 virus more than likely originated from the lab in Wuhan. More than likely. And guess what? I would be surprised if it didn't. If I was a betting person now, I'd put 99% of my chips on the Wuhan lab because I don't believe in coincidences. The fact that it was right down the street from the wet market where they believe it originated and then they couldn't figure it out and it was in a bat. And what a surprise. They were doing research for coronaviruses on bats in the Wuhan lab. Uh, I mean, it doesn't take, uh, you know, somebody with like a a first grade education to figure out maybe we should look at the Wuhan lab. I mean, this is outrageous. And the fact that our government has given Fauci and especially China one big free pass. Here is a little bit more from James Comer saying that there's a long list to look into. And we we now, you know, have learned that the, the person overseeing Dr. Fauci from the NIH was his wife. I mean, the, the, the list of of uh, potential wrongdoing is never ending with respect to COVID-19. And just think about what you just said, Jason. There has not been a single hearing in the House or Senate over the origination of COVID-19. Why would that be? And, and why do we now know that, that there were disinformation boards within all these government agencies? And remember, Dr. Fauci said things like uh, there were no taxpayer dollars that, that went to uh, Wuhan lab. No taxpayer dollars went to fund gain-of-function research. Our committee, our staffers on the Oversight Committee determined that was false, and now they're, they're trying to you know spin the narrative and try to well, explain uh, their, their behavior, and you can't explain it. You can't explain it. So guess what? The best you can do is try to get to the bottom of it. And I think the American public deserves it. I think the world deserves it. And if they see like America lackluster and not really caring about pursuing it, well, that sends a tone to the rest of the world because Americans are the leaders in the world. And if Americans kind of give China a pass, well, then how is a country like uh, Sweden or Ghana or wherever be able to say, well, we want to get to the bottom of it, but U.S. doesn't seem interested. That doesn't put any pressure in China. The whole world has to put pressure on China, but it needs to be led by America. And by the way, this comes now as there has been a resurgence of COVID 
in the last few weeks in China. Remember, they had these dramatic lockdowns and all the protests? Well, it didn't work. And right now they are having skyrocketing amount of cases of COVID again. So much so that the flights, and this is awfully familiar because we're going to go back to now what happened three years ago. The flights from China to Milan, Italy, there are flights where half of the passengers have had COVID. That's a huge amount. Now, that's what happened last time. And somebody told me very early on the reason that is that's because a lot of the workers in China go home during the holidays and around this time of year, same thing as three years ago, and then they work in the factories in Italy. And many of them work in the fashion business and are in Milan. So remember years ago when everything started, first it sort of started in China, as far as we know, and then it went to Italy. Remember, Italy got slammed how bad it was, and it was mostly in Milan. And that's because all these Chinese workers who went home for a lot of the New Year celebration, the Chinese New Year and other things, then they went back to Milan to their jobs at the factories. And that's what's happening again. So what did China do just recently, by the way? They decided, they told the world a couple days ago, they're no longer going to report the amount of COVID cases they have. That's their solution, as opposed to being transparent, as opposed to saying, here's all the cases we have and we want to make sure this doesn't happen again. No, their solution is to be even more covert and even more secretive than they were last time. Really sounds like they learned the lesson. Thank you, President Biden. Here is Dr. Deborah Burks. Remember, she was sort of the right-hand person who worked with Fauci. And this is what she had to say about the situation now in China and just how concerning this new situation is, because it may be a repeat performance for the world. This is the third time from China that they've not been transparent. Mm. They weren't transparent with SARS in 2002, 2003. They weren't transparent at the beginning of this pandemic, and they haven't been transparent now. And I think it's very telling that the reason they say that there shouldn't be any restrictions or any testing is because they have it under control. That tells me that the reason they weren't transparent three years ago was because they believed that they had it under control. And that's not a country's decision when the whole globe is at risk. Yeah, but China is acting unilaterally, and nobody's keeping them in touch. Nobody's keeping tabs on them. Because Biden sure as heck isn't. You think that Biden's overseeing them? Heck no. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Andrew, line one. Andrew, your thoughts about all this. Yes, uh, Fauci, in my opinion, committed perjury clearly because he said under oath that there wasn't any gain of function. Then later, when Ron Paul read, Paul challenged him, he said, no, I, I said there wasn't any dangerous gain of function. And everyone on the chain of command agreed that the gain of function was not risky, risky. That's the word. So to me, that's a lie. He said there wasn't any none. Then he said, well, there was, but it wasn't risky. So that's perjury. And we have to find out if he gets um, sponsorship or, uh, you know, royalties from a vaccination company. Yeah, that's the big question, Andrew. Like, does he make any money off of this? Because there seems to be uh, a lot of money coming in. And the other thing, too, that's interesting is this the way Fauci acted. Remember, even Obama, uh, who was president, of course, because Fauci's been there for many presidents, said this gain-of-function research 
was risky because, of course, it sounds like it's sort of like, you know, it's like almost like a like a like a Frankenstein type stuff, you know, creating this virus so you can figure out how to get a vaccine or immunity. But, of course, if it gets let out, it could be a problem. So even Obama didn't want him to do it. And yet he kind of covertly kept the grant going unbeknownst to even Obama. So this guy like thinks he's like king, you know, that he can like decide the grants and, and projects even if the president of the United States, no matter who it is, Republican or Democrat, doesn't want it, he still keeps going. I mean, th- this is really scary stuff, and it makes you wonder, like, what is the reason why he was so determined to keep it going? Was there a financial interest? Uh, was there just some crazy scientific interest? Uh, and why didn't he fess up? Because the the Trump team has said, we had Peter Navarro here on the show, who was, of course, like the right-hand guy to Trump, And he said that he was in every single meeting. He was dealing with all the stuff with COVID and everything else. And he said in every single meeting, Fauci never brought up that there was any sort of research tied to the Wuhan lab, that there was any grant, that there was any of that. That was an outright lie. Why didn't he tell the president of the United States and his team? Don't you think that information could be helpful, even if it has nothing to do with, you know, even if Fauci doesn't think he did anything wrong, why wouldn't you say, hey, by the way, years ago there was this grant at this place and they were doing it. You should maybe look into it. He didn't even mention it. That to me is awfully suspicious. I mean, you have like 20 meetings with the president, more than that. Every single day you bet they met, especially at the height of all this. They probably met two or three times a day. And somehow it slipped his mind. Uh, That to me is perplexing. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. one 800 Eight four eight nine two two two, and you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail, from accepting payments to managing inventory. Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. That sounds like Anthony Fauci testifying. Wow. Well, we are talking about the fact that the House GOP is planning to go full steam ahead with hearings. And they say one of their top priorities is to get to the bottom of it with the origins of COVID. And what did Fauci know? And when did he know it? Here's a little bit more of Congressman James Comer, who's the Republican head of the Oversight Committee. Take a listen to one of the areas they're going to be investigating. One thing that I learned when investigating about all the money that went to NIH, that went to the different scientists that were uh, on Dr. Fauci's advisory boards, was how big of a slush fund the National Institute for Health had. And we believe that a lot of this slush fund was going uh, to, uh, was being handed out to people to always confirm everything that Dr. Fauci said. You know, one thing that we need to make sure never happens again 
is that one person has this much control during a pandemic. I mean, there should probably be three Dr. Fauci's instead of one Dr. Fauci. Could we handle more than one? Uh, because the number one doesn't even admit he ever did anything wrong. Remember this exchange with Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci? And then on January of 2017, the Office of Science and Technology Policy of the White House issued the current policy. And coincidentally, I, I have coincidentally not the definition any definition on the same day the NIH said that, yes, there was a gain of function in Wuhan, the same day the definition appeared, the new definition, to try to define away what's going on in Wuhan. Until you accept it, until you expect, accept responsibility, we're not going to get anywhere right. close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit well, that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. Wow. And Fauci is not done yet, even though he is moving, remember, from that position. Doesn't mean he, we won't see him probably every other week before Congress. And maybe we can finally get some answers out of him. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Phil, line three. Phil, your thoughts about this. Good evening, Rita. It's a pleasure to speak to you. Um, the deal is with Fauci. Fauci is a, is a very odd character. I mean, the man makes more than any other federal employee. He makes almost half a million a year. He's been in that spot for at least a minimum of 25 to 30 years. There's no, nothing Fauci. You know, you know what they say in the Democrat circles, that Fauci does no wrong. Well, apparently he has. His policies are, are absolutely flip-flop. And the, 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 strangest, the strangest thing is his, his money. We're, you know, the, the, the resources that are to be gained from the— uh, from the, uh, what do they call it, the, uh, the COVID ga- shot. Right, the, the vaccines, yep. The vaccine, yes. Uh, that You wonder who made money. According, according to two major sources, that the pharmaceutical companies made almost $82 billion in profits on this from billing the government and other sources. Right, and now we're That's just getting details, by the way, Phil, too, of, you know, that they weren't maybe necessarily a panacea. I mean, they get far from it by many people's standards. So you're right. That needs to be investigating, too. He seems awfully close and cushy with a number of these people. And uh, I, I mean, why why do we not know the answers to that when we just had the worst pandemic um, in modern times? I mean, that should be something that should be just a, automatic, not just for us, but for the world. And so you bring up some great points, Phil. That needs to be looked into, too. Was there some sort of business relationship that we're not aware about just even even if it's to clear them whatever it is but it certainly looks fishy there's a lot of questions uh let's go to teddy uh line five ted your thoughts about this uh i find uh dr fauci to be an honorable man who gave 50 years of memorable service it was memorable i'll give you that part go ahead in a favorable way i know you have your your, your fellas who, Phil and Norm and Dom and BJ, who will, will be negative towards towards uh, Dr. Fauci, and anybody and everybody that's Democrat. You, uh, Rita. Well, hang on, hang on, Teddy, Teddy, hang on, hang on. I just have to, I, I got to go back to what you started with, that he's an honorable man. And that's why I said even this could clear him. But don't you think it's awfully fishy, Teddy? That this guy never said in the meetings with the president of the United States, of whom he serves, 
You know, so he's in the meeting with the president of the United States and a few of his key cabinet members, multiple meetings a day, probably um, at least repeated ones a week and never mentions that Wuhan lab. There was a grant that was tied uh, through an organization that he was well aware of that he helped fund. Um, So wouldn't you at least mention it, even if even if. It turns out not to be tied to it. Again, I think that's awfully suspicious because I don't believe in that obvious of a coincidence. But still, why would he not mention that, Teddy? Go ahead. Your response to, don't you think that's unconscionable? Well, it's possible that he he didn't mention it. But let me ask you this. Teddy, hang on. Teddy, hang on. Hang on. It's not possible he, he didn't. Everybody who was in those meetings said he never brought it up. And that's why they were astounded when it came out later. They were like, we were in meetings with the president and talking about everything, and he never brought it up. So don't you think that sounds pretty bad on the surface? Wouldn't you at least feel a responsibility to say, hey, maybe it's a coincidence, but uh, there's this lab in China right down the street from the wet market, and he never did, Teddy. And if he and if he did mention it, uh, are you implying or inferring that that they did something intentional in the lab? No, I'm in, I'm saying that he withheld some sort of information for some reason, and we don't know. And by the way, I wouldn't put it past that it does come from the Wuhan lab. A number of very high-level medical experts say they can't rule it out. And by the way, uh, your honorable Dr. Fauci even recently kind of came around and said that there's a chance it's man-made. He used to say, oh, no, no, no. So he is even come around too and suddenly what it took him four years to figure that out i mean you can't rule it out it killed millions of people teddy we're going to continue everybody's calls after the break 1-800-848-9222 this is the rita cosby show on the red apple podcast network Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful, powerful story coming from New York uh, where thousands came out to honor fallen FDNY hero William Moon at a Long Island funeral today. The FDNY veteran was remembered at his funeral as a true hero who continued to help others even in death with his donated organs, saving the lives of two fellow members of New York's Bravest. Thousands upon thousands of uniformed firefighters lined up outside of the church in Bayshore to pay their final respects to Moon, a 47-year-old dad of two who died earlier this month during a training accident at his Brooklyn firehouse. Moon's eight-year-old son, Colin, was among them wearing his father's dress uniform. He describes himself as being cool, being awesome, and the smartest in the world. The youngster, who is aspiring to become a firefighter like his dad, said during the funeral. Uh, Also, he said, I will never forget how he taught me to roller skate. My name is Colin Moon, 
and I love him so much. Moon's widow, Christina, said that her husband, a 21-year veteran of the department, was a devoted dad and loving partner whose passion for the fire service was part of the family's life. William Moon, a member of the FDNY's Elite Rescue Company, too, was killed on December 12th when he fell 20 feet while training for a skyscraper rescue in a tragic accident. He was the 1,159th member of New York's Bravest to die in the line of duty. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with the Moon family and everybody there at the FDNY. Uh, We know so many of them firsthand, and there are so many great men and women. And it's just a powerful reminder, reminder of how risky and dangerous their jobs are every single day. And we thank them. And tonight... A big shout out to all the great men and women of the FDNY and the FDNY family, which is a big one. Well, tonight we are talking about the fact that China is not reporting their new COVID cases as cases are skyrocketing yet again in that country. And the fact that uh, despite what Teddy thinks, uh, Fauci wasn't telling anybody in the meetings Apparently, according to everybody who was in these meetings, uh, when Trump was president, he wasn't telling him that he had anything to do with the Wuhan lab or was aware of any sort of research tied to the Wuhan lab, which makes you wonder why was he keeping it such a secret? Well, hopefully we get to the bottom of it because now things are so bad that starting January 5th, President Biden's CDC is going to impose new rules on travelers from China, basically that they need a negative COVID test before they can come into the United States of America. That's a big development. First off, I'd like to know why do they have to wait till January 5th that things are so bad? Why not start tomorrow? Uh, Is it because they want to have a good New Year's? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Why don't you just do it? If it's such a bad thing where you obviously urgently want to have tests done, don't you think you should kind of hurry up as opposed to waiting till like after the holidays, like the viruses are going to take a holiday? Uh, That doesn't really make any sense. That's one thing. And two, it harkened back to me as soon as I thought about that. I was like, huh, I remember when President Biden was candidate Biden and he was running against President Trump. And when President Trump did the travel ban, remember he did the travel ban involving China? And boy, then candidate Biden couldn't wait to, like, blast Trump, basically call him a racist. Remember he called him a xenophobe and a racist saying, oh, how dare you go after China? How dare you hold them to a different standard than the rest of the world? Well, boy, Trump looks brilliant. And now... Here is Biden basically doing the same thing, basically now saying there has to be tests made before you come into the country and you have to have a negative COVID result. So, you know, I'm waiting for Biden to come out and say, you know, President Trump, I was so wrong for calling you a racist then. I don't think we'll ever hear that. But remember this, this is President Biden when he slammed President Trump. Banning all travel from Europe or any other part of the world may slow it, but as we've seen, it will not Stop it. And travel restrictions based on favoritism and politics rather than risk will be counterproductive. And then he said in a tweet that it is xenophobic and basically racist. It was a way for him to slam President Trump and basically say that this man is anti-Asian. And now here he is 
Here he is years later, now doing some extra steps of people coming from China. It just makes sense. It wasn't racist when President Trump did it. He was seeing a clear pattern like we're seeing now. You know, he at least was ahead of the curve and was seeing people coming in and saying, wait, 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 let's be preemptive. And remember, he got slammed by the left. And it wasn't just Biden. It was also his press secretary, Circle Back Saki. Here's an exchange with her and White House correspondent Peter Ducey from Fox. Before Joe Biden was president, he said that COVID travel restrictions on foreign countries were hysterical xenophobia and fear mongering. So what changed? Well, I would say first, to put it in full context, Peter, what the president was critical of was the way that the former president put out, I believe, a xenophobic tweet uh, and how he called, what he called the coronavirus uh, and and who he directed it at. The president has not been critical of travel restrictions. We have put those in place ourselves. We put them in place ourselves in the spring. But no, he does not believe. He believes we should uh, follow the advice of health and medical experts. That's exactly what he did and putting in place these restrictions over the weekend. So that's why now it's okay for Biden CDC to step up and say, oh, okay, we're going to do extra tests. I guess that's xenophobic and racist too, right? I mean, how ridiculous is that? Again, let's see if he ever apologizes to President Trump because President Trump sure remembers what Biden called him. Here he is recounting it. Take a listen to this. I had Biden uh, calling me xenophobic, and yet he can't define the word. If you asked him, what does it mean? I'm sure he couldn't tell you what it means. And I had uh, him, he called me a racist because of the fact that he felt it was a racist thing to stop people from China coming in. But that was from the section of China, too, that was in such trouble. So we made a good decision. And if we didn't, we'd have thousands and thousands of more people in very serious trouble. But that was racist and xenophobic. Remember, according to basically the White House at the time uh, coming in, you could hear Biden say, oh, that's terrible on the campaign trail. How horrible that he's singling out Asians. How terrible. Uh, I mean, and now he is saying there needs to be these extra things and it's nowhere near even like it was under Trump. I mean, this is just what a bunch of political hogwash. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete. Line one. Pete, your thoughts about this. Hi, Rita. Oh, I got a lot on this. Now, two planes flew into Milan today, and they said 50% of the passengers on both planes had COVID. They tested positive. Now, my math, I say 100% because they were on a flight for 10 hours in the same planes, so all those people could have got it. Now, Milan is a big thing. Now, I got COVID in November uh, was it 2019? And uh, they diagnosed uh, Renee and I with uh, double pneumonia. But we were at a funeral, and the guy that was there, the nephew of the man who died, the he was my doctor, was from Milan and worked in those factories in uh, Milan, you know. And he had, it looked like malaria. So my wife and I, we comforted him. We got him water. I put my jacket, my suit jacket under his head until an ambulance came. Now, we don't know what even became of him because we didn't, you know, we're not family with them and we don't even know. But he had it. And five days later, Renee and I both came down with it. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. And that was from somebody who was from Milan. Milan. Yes. He worked in the factories or he owned one of the factories. I don't know what it was. 
But uh, Renee and I are, are not vaxxed at all. Renee had flu shots because she had the cancer and stuff. But we had it uh, anywhere from two to three times. The first time was almost deadly. Wow. Pete, by the way, Pete, thank, thank goodness. Thank goodness you got through this. Let me ask you real quick, Pete. Do you feel uh, it's important for the world to get answers on COVID and the origins? And, and what do you think of Fauci? Of course. Well, you know, I... I think he's, uh, you know, in with the swamp. I mean, <laughs> the whole thing, this is horrible. He wasn't fought with with this, you know, saying it came from the wet markets. Uh, this came, this was something that I think was a, a germ warfare because now we just got over this, uh, what is it, R- Renee? What is the RSV, RSV, yeah. We had it for about five weeks, my wife and I, and believe it or not, it was worse than the COVID. We were really, I am so weakened from it. That's why I've been doing everything on a slow basis. I, I, I don't have the energy that I normally have. It's getting better. Today is one of the better days. Well, well, Pete, first off, I, I am so thankful that you're okay and that your beautiful wife, Renee, that both of you guys are okay. Um, and how scary, but that's an interesting story that you dealt with somebody very early on from Milan and suddenly got COVID yourselves. It just shows how infectious it is. And also, remember, like Milan was in lockdown. Remember early on, that w- that got like hit so hard because America was sort of watching what was happening in Italy and sort of learning from their mistakes and what worked and what didn't work because it came there. And now, you know, much of the reason is what we talked about with those factories um, because a lot of the workers went home for like a week or two. A lot of them got it in China, came back, um, and yet we still don't even know for sure. Was it in the Wuhan lab, uh, like many people suspect? Did Fauci have anything to do with it, like many people suspect? There's a lot of questions, and we deserve answers. Uh, let's go to David on line eight. David, your thoughts about this? Yes. Now, I also almost died from COVID in March of 2020. Oh, so my goodness. Yeah, wow. Okay. Thank goodness you're okay, David. Yeah, well, I still suffer from something called POTS which I got from COVID. Basically, if I stand up from a sitting position, I could pass out very quickly because my blood pressure drops. And this is two years after I was sick. Wow. But anyway, um, what I'm worried about, and I was going to say something else, but what I'm worried about with this, these travel restrictions that they have on China now with the testing is that we're not testing from other places. The virus that hit us in March of 2020 in New York City after the lockdown started, was from Europe via China. We're not testing people from Europe or anywhere else except for China. People are going from China all over the world. So we're making the same mistake they did in 2020. The Biden administration is being irresponsible. When you're dealing with an airborne respiratory virus that's highly contagious, you can't stop it with these type of flight restrictions. And what they're doing is just trying to make us feel better. No, but by the way, David, I agree with you. You're right. There, they should be testing on a lot, and unfortunately, because China now says they're not going to report anymore, uh, that opens the door to how are we going to find out? And just like you said, you know, they're traveling all over the place without concern, just like it seemed like they did last time. Clearly, uh, you know, it was like one big, uh, you know, one big uh, virus travel load by plane, you know, and over and over again. And then they were disseminating within China. They were going, as you talked about, to other places in Europe in addition to Milan. And you're right. I actually think there should be broader. The problem is 
again, we should have put pressure on China. I think about how different it would be had we blown the lid on China, like we all suspect, obviously, it started there. So the question is, why don't we know what caused it? You could bet if it happened in America, uh, we would try to get to the bottom of what happened and why it started in America and where. Uh, To turn a blind eye on it doesn't do anybody a service, even including the people in China. They deserve answers, too, as well. My goodness. So you're right, uh, but we need to put pressure on China to get to the bottom of it so it doesn't happen again. Um, And also, there are vaccines there, by the way, not to get too medical, but there are vaccines there are not very good either. They're not as uh, efficacious. They're not as good as ours are. And for that reason, um, you want to make sure uh, that they have the best there because that's where it originated. So there's got to be so much more coordination, but China just wants to act on its own. Uh, because they don't want the spotlight put on them. Uh, but sorry, uh, guess what? The world should start putting it on there. Uh, David, thank you. Let's go to Norm, line seven. Norm, your thoughts. Uh, hi, Rita. Yeah, um, when it comes to uh, Fauci, this is, a, this is a complex issue. When it comes to Fauci, yes, I do believe we, should, we have to pursue investigations on the origins of COVID. And I, um, I mean, I would support that. Uh, on the other hand, um, I care most about the effect of coronavirus on the American public. And according to Mark Siegel and Dr. Michalos and people that I trust, not Dr. Burke and certainly not Dr. Fauci, um, we have we have pretty much uh, attained herd immunity at this point. But you know and what's so you know what's point. interesting, Norm? They have it in China. That's the really interesting part because they locked all these people up. They never sort of allowed them to sort of be exposed to get the herd immunity that we get here in the States. Isn't that interesting? That's one of the issues because a lot of people were saying, well, how did they get it? You know, when a lot of them were locked up. Well, the minute they were exposed to somebody, they didn't have the, you know, the immune system to be able to fight it. Um, So isn't that that's an interesting turn. Go ahead, Norm. Exactly. And I think at this point, I mean, testing them. I don't know. It'll make a lot of money for the test companies, but ultimately um, we're going to have to achieve equilibrium eventually. And so ultimately, I look, I mean, testing the Chinese, testing the Europeans, testing the public, testing everybody. I don't know. I think it's all kind of futile. Yeah. Uh, by the way, point, I, I agree with you. I'm happy to hear at least yeah. they're thinking of something because it seems like he's done nothing. But but it's I agree. It's sort of a drop in the bucket. Um, Norm, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. What do you think the future for Dr. Fauci should be? How grilled should he be before the House committee? And the fact that he never shared details about the Wuhan lab until he was pressed about it. But why didn't he offer it in all the conversations he had with the Trump team when the Trump team was in office? And that was at the height of COVID, too. And what do you think about Dr. Fauci? And also, what do you think about China? Uh, I think the world needs to hold them accountable. Why are they getting a free pass? They should not. We're going to talk about that after the break. The Rita Cosby Show. Coming up in the next hour on the Rita Cosby Show, um, some news developing just a little bit ago tied to George Santos. Uh, Nassau Republican Committee Chairman Joe Cairo has said that the Republican Committee will not support George Santos in 2024. 
already signaling that they will not back him should he remain in Congress. That's the whole question. Will he able make it to 2024? Uh, but now the Republican committee there basically saying these are the big supporters who bring in the money and organize events, help candidates, saying we will not back him. And that's pretty amazing, two years in advance. Also comes, by the way, as his web of lives keeps unveiling and it's getting bigger and wider. Uh, he basically said that his mother died during the September 11th attacks. There's a little problem with that because she died in 2016. So she died 15 years after September 11. That's a whopper. Uh, I mean, is there anything else? That, is there anything he's told the truth about? And this all comes where he's about to be sworn in on January 3rd. So have we reached the boiling point where it's like enough is enough? There are now protests uh, emerge or a couple hundred people were protesting at an event, basically saying he should resign. A growing calls for him to resign, but then there are members of the GOP and others who say, let's see where this goes. Uh, I want to take your calls on that. Does it really offend you uh, that he would say his mother died uh, in the September 11th attacks, and yet she died of cancer 15 years later? That's a big disparity, and I would think you'd be able to figure out the difference. Clearly, another lie in the web of lies from George Santos. So we're going to talk about whether you think it is absolutely time for this guy to go. I think the GOP is going to want to keep him hanging on, at least until House Speaker Kevin McCarthy can get the votes he needs, all the votes he can get. He's only got a handful that he could potentially lose to lose the speakership. He doesn't know if he's going to become speaker or not. And so it's interesting to see nobody who's even in the sort of speakership running, because that vote happens next week, has come out and criticized Santos. They all are kind of laying low because they don't want to alienate him as crazy as he is. I'm wondering if he's got a mental illness. I really do, because I haven't heard one thing. I don't even know if his name is George Santos at this point. I wouldn't trust that that's right, given everything else we've heard. What are your thoughts about where this is headed? Will he make it to 2024? And what do you make of the fact that the GOP is already saying that they will pull support for him for any future election, basically, in his area? That's a pretty strong statement before he's even been sworn in to this office. Plus, also a new poll that just came out saying that most Americans don't want to see a Biden-Trump matchup again. Most Americans overwhelmingly are saying they want somebody younger. They want somebody with more sort of executive-type experience in government, like a governor, per se. It sort of almost fits the bill of a Governor DeSantis. It could even fit the bill on the Democratic side of a Newsom. But it doesn't really fit the bill of a Trump, and it doesn't really fit the bill of a Biden. So where do you see the next election headed? We're going to take your calls on that as well. We've got a full show here tonight on the Rita Cosby Show. So what do you make in the meantime of Dr. Fauci? Is he Dr. Falsy? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Harriet, line four. Go ahead, Harriet, your thoughts. Oh, hi. Hi, Rita. Uh, it looks like the Chinese, their economy is tanking, and they're throwing the bioweapon on us again. Anthony Fauci financed this lab, this research, this gain of function in a communist country, our worst enemy. What do you expect? They, uh, the, the, they created a bioweapon, and the weird part about this, get this, that I heard is that Hunter Biden's Rosamond Capital Company 
financial company along with his pals, Eric Schwerin and the, and the Abercrombie and Finch model, they financed the bio labs in Ukraine, which had a direct tie to Wuhan. So Rand Paul has to, and the, um, the House of Representatives, they've got to examine this connection with Biden. By the way, that's interesting, Harriet. I hadn't heard that. I do remember, obviously, that there were business dealings with Hunter tied to Ukraine. And I do remember the reports about the bio labs in Ukraine. Remember there were reports early on? Um, about that. But that would be interesting if there's some sort of dots to connect there. Wow, 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 wow. Let's go to Elliot, line eight. Elliot, your thoughts about all this? Well, I think Dr. Fauci's uh, damaged goods, and we, t- we took a big chance with him. Trump called it right away. He couldn't get in there. He wanted to check up on it. Time and to go? Fact, Is it time for him to go, Elliot? It's time for him to go, but as far as Ukraine goes, get Reed uh, Giuliani on it. Yeah, by the way, Rudy would get to the bottom of it. Let's see. Who knows? Who knows? I can't wait to see where this goes, guys. We're going to continue your calls, plus talk about George Santos and a new poll saying they want somebody younger next time for president. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, George Santos is in more hot water, of course. This is the congressman-elect. He hasn't even been seated yet. I've never seen such drama of somebody who got elected. Usually this is like the uh, honeymoon period, uh, but this is far from a honeymoon because every time we turn around, it's like there's some lie that gets exposed that this guy said. Um, And the big question is, can he weather the storm? I'm not sure if he can. I'm not sure because tonight we know that there are several investigations into the congressman-elect, of course, from Long Island. Uh, The New York Attorney General's office, which you can make the case that's politically motivated, but, um, you know, of course, Letitia James and everything else, but who knows. Then you've got the Republican Nassau County DA, Ann Donnelly, who's a real straight shooter, who's looking into that potentially Uh, campaign funds. And then you've got the federal prosecutors in the Eastern District of New York also looking into loans that he made to his campaign while he was running for Congress, among other things. They don't care about him embellishing on a resume. Uh, That's up to the public and the voters to decide on that. But it could get really, really ugly. And it's like every time we turn around, there's some story about something that he claimed he was. One member, he said his family were Holocaust survivors, Turns out they weren't. Uh, Said he went to this certain school for college. He didn't. Turns out now the preparatory school that he says he went to, he didn't go to that. Um, Said he worked for Goldman Sachs. He didn't work for Goldman Sachs. Um, We were talking about last night this report that from Brazil there may be some prior arrest record for embezzlement. um, And he claims that he never was charged with anything. So there's some confusion there. Uh, There needs to be a lot of clarification and now here's the latest doozy, guys. He claimed that his mother died on September 11th. 
that his mother was a victim of September 11th and passed away due to September 11th and that she died on September 11th. Well, that's a big whopper because then if you fast forward it, it turns out his mother died in 2016 from cancer. So if it was related to 9-11, maybe here's where I might cut him some slack. If it turns out like the mother maybe got toxins or something that happened when she was at ground zero, you know, if she was there at the time. But yet it doesn't seem like there may be even any evidence that they were even at the World Trade Center. So there's a lot of questions here tonight. I mean, you can't he can't keep his story straight. What we do know is that he said his mother died, basically, was killed on September 11th. She actually died of cancer in 2016. That's a 15 year difference. Uh, you know, so I mean, can we trust anything the guy's saying? So tonight there are protests that were outside the courthouse in Long Island. And take a listen to what some of the protesters were chanting a little bit ago. Here it is. Don't seat Santos because he's expected to be seated next Tuesday with the new House of Representatives. And the Republicans absolutely need him. They have such a slim majority right now as they're coming in. And House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, who is hoping, I should say, hopeful House Speaker, because he's hoping to be House Speaker. Right now he's Congressman, but he's expected to be House Speaker. But he's got opposition within his own party, so he's got to get as many votes as he can to support him to be House Speaker. So he doesn't want to alienate even George Santos as unseemly and as big of a Pinocchio, uh, you know, storyteller that he is. You know, it's like... You know, my goodness, it's like every turn is like, you know, a a lie, a fabrication, an embellishment, whatever you want to call it. And it keeps happening over and over again. But yet Kevin McCarthy doesn't want to say anything because he doesn't want George Santos to say, well, I won't vote for you for House Speaker because it might come down to one or two votes. Isn't that amazing what is going on right now? And yet the tails keep getting webbed bigger and bigger and bigger. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, I think. So where do you see this headed? Because in the last few hours, George Cairo, and he is head of the Nassau County GOP. That's, of course, the area with George Santos. He has already come out publicly. And this is I, this is unprecedented. Here's someone who hasn't even been seated yet for this Congress, the 2022 Congress, 2023 going in, says that guess what? I will not. The Nassau County GOP, which means other people within the GOP didn't just make the decision unilaterally. They probably took some vote. They all decided already that they will not support him for Republican Party if he decides to run for reelection in 2024, if he can even make it that far. So if he gets through what is going to be undoubtedly the most tumultuous period right now, And by the way, if investigators find something tied to campaign finance, that could be a crime. So that could get really ugly quickly for him. If it's beyond a lie, if it's a crime, that's obviously a whole other level. Um, But then he said, no matter what, we will not support him in 2024, that this is not someone we want as a candidate. Also, by the way, at the same time, the Queen's District Attorney's Office is now the latest prosecutorial agency to look into his background 
Uh, so now you've got the Queens District DA, you've got the Nassau County DA, you've got the New York Attorney General, and you've got federal prosecutors. And you already have your local GOP, which is your bread and butter base, saying, we ain't going to support you in the future. And good luck now, basically. So, I mean, this is a pretty powerful tell that everybody's pulling out. Of course, as I bring up the point, McCarthy doesn't want to abandon support for him, doesn't want to say anything. Obviously, he doesn't want to sound like he's endorsing him, but he doesn't want to trash him because he may need his vote on Tuesday. And remember, on all these different committees, what are these other Republicans going to do? Because on some of the committees, they got to have X amount of votes to be the majority. Do they need him to be seated? What is he going to be on the House Ethics Committee? That would be really a doozy. I wouldn't be surprised. Who knows? Some, I've seen crazier things in the past with some kooky people who suddenly you're like, you pick that person? But who knows? Imagine if he's in charge of like oversight, ethics, banking, banking committee. This guy who, who claims about the $700,000 that still, remember, it was like the money that I gave to the brother of the cousin of the this and somehow it ended up. I mean, it was like, uh, talk about circle back sake. It was like a circle back sake answer. So who knows where this is going to head? But boy, there are so many questions about this guy tonight. And I want to hear where you think it's headed. First off, here is New York Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, Republican. And this is what she said about the fate of George Santos. Take a listen. I feel sorry for George. I don't think he has to resign now unless there is some kind of issue uh, there where he has proven that he's right. violated ethics laws, particularly with campaign finance. So, And she also said, if it stays like it is now, obviously, if it gets to campaign finance laws, he's in big time trouble. He's not just in trouble in Congress. He's in trouble in jail. Uh, that's what's going to happen. I mean, if that if that is indeed the case, again, that's a big if we don't know if that's the case. Uh, but. Uh, She says it's basically up to the voters to decide his fate. Take a listen. But I know he's apologized. And let's see what happens going further. And if he can live, it's really up to the people in his district. Is it up to the people in his district? Certainly is, obviously. But they should have had this information before they went to the voting booth. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Frank. In Maine, online too. Frank, go ahead. You've been so patient to wait. Go ahead. Uh, good evening, reader, and uh, happy holidays to you. Thank um, you. You know, you know, reader. I want this man to resign. He's Republican. I want, I want this, I want this man. Hey, I want Frank, this Frank, man do me resign. a favor. I'm hearing myself in the background. Turn down the radio in the background. Turn it down. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, you know, reader. Um, reader, I. Want this man to resign today? <laughs> as a, as a Reagan Republican, as a Trump Republican, I want this man to resign today. I wanted him to get a national, you know, I want him to get, um, you know, get get a national audience or his his constituents and say, due to my indiscretions, I want to become a private citizen to take care of this problem I have. I do not want my constituents to be part of this. I do not want the Republican Party to be part of this. Please, uh, I, I beg you to forgive me, but as of right now, I have to resign. I want him to do it, but in, being, in saying that, Rita, I want, this, I want everybody else who lied, like AOC, 
who basically said that she was uh, in in Congress during January 6th. If everybody forgets that, she did say that. That's right, and she wasn't. Right, right, and she wasn't, you know, that whole deal. I remember that whole deal. And and by the way, worse ones than that, Blumenthal, who claimed that he was fighting in Vietnam when he wasn't. Absolutely. I want them all to be on notice because if this man resigns, which is, I want him to. I really do. I want him to go. I think I think there's better Republicans out there. But at the end of the day, I want them all to be on notice. If they lie once, once they should go. They should they should be in front of an ethics committee. They should be they should be took t- taking the task. They should be put on the on 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 the chopping block. They should be ready to defend why they lie. Now we all know. We all know that politicians lie. They exaggerate, quote unquote, most of them. I'm not saying all of them, but most of them do. Now, again, I'm going to say this. If he does it and they get after this man, just like they get after it, just like they got after Anthony Weiner, just like they got after Al Franken, just like they got after all these other people that had to resign, I want every politician to be on notice. If I was, if I was Santos, I would get on national television. I would have a press conference. I would resign. But in, in that resignation, I would say something to the effect of, I know other politicians have fabricated stories, and they should be on notice just like I was on notice. And that, that's the way I feel, Rita. I feel that if this man, if they put this man through or this much, and we all know, you know, everything he's saying is kind of different. It's a um, lie. It's a lie. Go ahead. I mean, so far, so far, and these are important lies too. It's like you know, you don't you don't go around saying you know your mother died at nine eleven when she obviously didn't. Um, you don't go to say you went to a school where you didn't. You didn't. You don't say you work for Goldman Sachs. All these things. What I feel so sad for are the voters because the voters thought they were voting for a certain individual. And they got sold a bill of goods. I mean, I don't know if you could trust anything this guy could say, Frank. But I like what you're saying there, Frank, that that I think, you know, you call it I think there should be a new rule, by the way. Maybe the best legacy he could have is is a new rule called the George Santos rule. Right. Uh, He doesn't get sworn in. Right. And then anybody else, just like you said, Frank, who gets caught in a line for Congress. Right should be automatically kicked out. And it's a new rule called the George Santos rule, named after George Santos because, boy, did he know how to lie, you know? So that's his legacy, is the George Santos rule, and that somebody else who gets caught lying, especially on something so blatantly lie. I mean, you know what's amazing to me, Frank, too, is that here we are finding about basic things, like basically saying that his mother died in September 11th. Uh, Where were, like, neighbors who, you know, I, I mean, don't you think people, somebody must have heard him say that? I mean, where was a neighbor who was like, well, wait a minute, she was my neighbor up until 2015, you know what I mean? Or, or I mean, where were the neighbors? And even on the other hand, and it's not their fault, but you think about the opposition research. Like, uh, we know that Robert Zimmer, Zimmerman, who was running against him, came out and said that they just didn't have a lot of funds when they were running against him. He lost narrowly, I think it was, to Santos. Um, But he feels obviously totally stolen right now. He feels totally cheated because he's like, you know, I lost to this guy who now clearly has admitted he's lied left and right. Uh, But you wonder, why didn't somebody spend five minutes doing research on this guy? Because there seems to be so many 
quote, embellishment or lies, you would have thought they would have been able to figure it out in five seconds. I mean, even five minutes on this guy in in opposition research with a good opposition research team probably could have figured out right away that there's something that ain't right. Um, and, And they could have avoided all this. I mean, boy. Is this a wake-up call on so many levels? We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Frank says he should resign and also set a new standard in Congress that if anybody else lies in the future, they got to be gone. I like where Frank is going. What do you think? 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We're waiting for the buildup. Let's see if you recognize this one. One of those classics. Don't stand so close to me by the police. It's one of those great ones. I love this. We'll go back to it. We'll kind of keep it in the background and then we can put it up there. Here we go. You can never go wrong with a little police. And now a lot of people are saying this about George Santos because they're trying to figure out this guy who seems on every key aspect of his life, it's a lie. He said that his mother died at 9-11. She didn't. She survived another 15 years. Uh, he said he worked at Goldman Sachs. He didn't. Uh, said he went to Horace Mann Prep School. It looks like he didn't go there. Said he went to Baruch College. Didn't do that. Is there anything that he did do that he's, that he's honest with? I mean, there are so many questions tonight. It is actually really stunning. And Robert Zimmerman, who is the Democrat who ran against him, says, boy, did this skew the election. Take a listen. This is the Democrat who lost to George Santos tonight. I think had there been this kind of national focus on the lies he told about about his education, about his job career, lying about his faith, using the, the tragic shooting, the Pulse nightclub and as a, as a political stunt. Or for that matter, lying about his connection to the Holocaust, using the Holocaust as a political prop. I think something as vile as that, I think had all that gotten this kind of national attention, yeah, it might have made a difference. I think it would have made a difference in the election. But the reality is it's about going forward right now, and it's much bigger than me. It's about holding him accountable and restoring trust in public officials. And Robert Zimmerman said he didn't have a lot of money in the campaign, but he should have spent at least five bucks on opposition research because I bet you in five dollars he could have figured out that a couple things were not right with George Santos because this guy folded like a cheap suit as soon as it came out because it was so obvious that they were wrong, that they were lies. So he admitted at least to what we're hearing. But, boy, it seems like every day there's some new revelation that shows he's lying about something. And Robert Zimmerman says he still predicts, despite all this, Santos, he believes, will probably be sworn in next Tuesday. Take a listen. Do I think he'll resign? No, I don't think he'll resign. I think he's a pathological liar. I think he's not capable of shame. 
Is he a pathological liar? Does he have a mental illness? Those are serious questions tonight. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ, line seven. BJ, your thoughts about George Santos. Well, Rita, in my humble opinion, this is another strategy used to perpetrate election fraud. This guy got $700,000 out of the sky, and all of a sudden he winds up winning the the third district. Uh, Where did he come from? Who is he? Is his name George Santos? Uh, who's to say uh, he purported himself to be a MAGA Republican, and, and, and who's to say he's not going to get into his office and vote hard green left uh, every vote? And McCarthy has another thing coming for uh, for him. He, he thinks he's got this guy's vote in the bag as speaker. Don't count on it. You know, instead of injecting themselves in, in our elections – like Marjorie Taylor Greene, you have all these people from these other districts and other states weighing in on a New York election. They should be saying that they're going to have an investigation of a committee and call people before the committee to examine their bona fides, their CV, their curriculum vitae, to make certain that they told the truth. People like Ilhan Omar, people like Elizabeth Warren, people in the, in the House, and vet them as they properly should. But are they doing that? No. So this is just another way in which our elections are being stolen, and the people who voted and believed in these fake candidates are being lied to, in my humble opinion. No, but uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I hear what you're saying. And I also, you know, BJ, when you talked about Ilan Omar, I uh, remember like, didn't she like marry her brother? There were reports to like get here to this country so she could say that she was, I mean, there's so many questions in her background. And then it gave a pass. Uh, that doesn't even include all the anti-Semitic comments that we've heard from her and some of the other members of the squad. That's a whole other area. Uh, but it's astounding some of the things, like you said, in Blumenthal I brought up, the whole Vietnam thing, Elizabeth Warren saying that she had a Cherokee, uh, she was a member of the Cherokee Nation. There's no registration of hers in the Cherokee Nation. She did the DNA test. And I was like, I'm more Cherokee than she is. She's like zero, 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 zero. You know, and yet she's still there. So you're right. If If he resigns, and I'm not sure if he should stay in office, I don't think he should, but... Why are all these other people there? We're going to talk about all of that after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story coming from Richmond Hill, Georgia where a man named Harold Eckhoff was enjoying a night of food, fun, and fellowship with members of the Veterans of Foreign War when he got the surprise of a lifetime. The group's annual Christmas party turned into a celebration of service for the Cold War veteran, who was suddenly gifted a new truck just in time for the holidays. The vehicle was provided through a collective effort between the organization Fight the War Within and the Veterans of Foreign Wars. Eckhoff said, I'm still a little bit on a high from this event. It is awesome what this organization has done. I've only seen things like this in the news. I'm humble. And when I received this, it blew me away. I continually serve by helping others. And I learned these things from my mom and dad. Turns out also, by the way, the treasurer of the auxiliary said that uh, the veteran's old truck had just died and he was in a bad spot. 
So the decision to help him was not a big challenge at all. We just knew it was the right thing to do. And the veteran ended by saying, it is probably the best gift I've ever had in my life. The best part of it is I haven't lost my faith in humanity. There are good people out there. And indeed there are. And how beautiful to see fellow veterans helping this veteran to make his holiday this year so very special. And, of course, we always appreciate our great military and their families. We are talking about George Santos, who so far so many things in his resume have turned out not to be true. Um, He's admitted to some of them. Others keep kind of unraveling day after day. And now the new news uh, that the head of the Nassau County GOP, Nassau County in New York, saying essentially we won't back him in 2024 should he try to run for re-election. Many people wonder if he's even going to make it to the swearing-in ceremony, which is on Tuesday, because it seems like every hour there's some new group investigating him. Now, by our count, there's at least four different organizations that are looking into him, four different investigative bodies, the New York Attorney General's office, uh, the Nassau County DA, again, a Republican, Ann Donnelly, very measured, which is interesting because she wouldn't normally pick up this case unless she thought there was something there, maybe tied to campaign funds, so it could get very ugly quickly. Also, the Queens District Attorney's Office looking into it, and now also federal prosecutors looking into it, all of them looking into the money, especially the fact that he suddenly got the $700,000 loan that he made to his campaign. And everyone's wondering, how did he make that kind of money when two years before he put on tax returns that he only made 55000 So there's a lot of questions. He said he made a lot of money the year that he was running and a little bit prior to that, that it was like a big boon year. Uh, but again, where did the money come from? BJ thinks maybe he's a plant. Who knows? I mean, who knows? You can't really trust anything with this guy at this point. Um, so BJ may be right. What are your thoughts, everybody? one 800 848 Regardless, the Senate and the House GOP are quite silent on George Santos. Uh, many of them saying, oh, we feel sorry for him or uh, listen, he shouldn't have lied. But they don't want to comment on whether he should stay or go because he is part of a very narrow House majority that's about to take over on Tuesday. And this is Susan Crabtree. She is with Real Clear Politics, one of the great uh, political media organizations out there. And this is how she describes the bind that the House Republicans are in right now, thanks to George Santos. Well, I don't think he can resign right now. I think he's probably feeling pressure from the Republican side to stay in because their margins are so slow, uh, so slight in the majority. Uh, but right now, you know, other presidents, people that have gone on for president have had these problems in their past um, and that lying on their resume and that that hasn't been um, a problem for them. At least it's only a temporary problem. They've managed to get through it. Will he get through it? Are the lies so deep? And so wide that maybe this is irreversible. I mean, there's no doubt. Every time you're going to see George Santos now, no matter what is going to be, you can just see like Saturday Night Live. He's like a total material. That's like a whole like, you know, week's worth of shows on Saturday Night Live. I'm talking about wall to wall. It's like, hey, I'm running for this. Uh, My name is George Santos. You know, it's like you're going to be thinking about that. Has he lost the credibility? Can it be restored? Well, Susan Crabtree also says the big issue is obviously the embellishment and the loss of trust. 
But also, there could be, as I pointed out, some huge financial issues that are yet to come against him. Take a listen. This investigation into his finances, where did he get the $700,000 loan? I think that's way more problematic. And so we'll have to look and see if the Ethics Committee comes out with an investigation in addition to the local prosecutors in New York. So so should the GOP take the risk and keep him, seat him, and then suddenly things explode even more than they already have? I mean, think about all the lies that have unraveled. Again, this latest one that his mother died at 9-11 when she did not die uh, at 9-11. She passed away 15 years later from cancer. It seems like at every turn, every day, there's some new, like, you know, lie by George Santos. And if it gets really ugly with the money, then it's big time. But Susan Crabtree says it really comes down to, at this point, barring any financial major eruptions that come with these investigations, barring that, she thinks it really comes down to the people who put him in office. It seems like he's lied on multiple fronts. So it's going to be a tough two years for him, uh, but it will be up to the voters to decide. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to have to go on an apology tour that will last right. a number of months. Uh, but, yeah, he, he needs to win back the trust of his voters. You know, I'm not sure if he's going to make it two years. I'm being honest with you. I'm not sure he's going to make it two weeks. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Alex in California. Alex, your thoughts? Yes, I want to say just as the people who are ultimately responsible for Joe Biden's actions are the voters who voted for him, the voters who voted for George Santos are ultimately responsible for his actions. And this but is no, a I, see, I disagree, Alex. They didn't know. You know, it's like if somebody says they're this, 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 and this, they thought they were voting for a different guy. So I don't really blame them. It's not really up to them to do the vetting. Usually it's the opposition research or the media. Um, you know, usually, usually somebody, like with all of these very, you know, flagrant lies, you would have thought some of them would have come out sooner how can you really blame it on the voters, honestly? I mean, come on. That I must be I must be a different kind of voter from the typical voter because I look up uh, topics involving the issues that a that a candidate takes a position on. Yeah, but you, but you, but you, but Alex, and by the way, clearly that's really great because I think a well-informed voter is a good voter. But you, you're kidding me that like if somebody said, "Hi, I'm George Santos, and I went to Baruch College and I went to Horace Mann Prep School." Are you really going to go through everybody? Are you going to call the prep school to see if he went there? And are you going to call Baruch College and say, did he really go um, there? I mean, you got to be kidding me, Alex. Come on. Go ahead. Well, it's not possible for one person to check everything. But he, at least he should check one or two things. And if everybody checked one or two things, eventually the voters collectively would, would get, a, get a good picture of who this person is. Yeah, by the way, and you're absolutely right that I wish they had done that. I wish, obviously, a lot of people had done that. It would have saved, even the GOP could have put a different candidate who was honest up. You know what I mean? I mean, it would have helped the GOP, too. It would have helped everybody. The problem is right now, if he leaves, then it goes to a special election. And then who knows where the seat will go? It could go Republican. It could go Democrat. Um, but it, it's a huge question of integrity. Um but it, it's, it, it is actually stunning, Alex, that nobody basically, you know, I mean, I can't remember during the campaign when he was running of people coming forward and saying, hey, there's some problem with XXX. Because believe me, had something emerged and been blaring, even his, you know, his opposition guy, his candidate who was running against him on the Democratic side would have brought it out. And, and he didn't. 
So whatever it was, it wasn't, you know, big enough or it wasn't obvious enough or nobody saw it. It is astounding that nobody did. And I wish, you know, just like you said, I wish uh, voters uh, did a lot more research. On the other hand, it, it's the responsibility, I think, of the opposition. And it, quite frankly, bottom line, it's the responsibility of George Santos, to be honest. I think you owe it to the voters to be honest and represent yourself fairly. Let's go to Eddie, line five. Eddie, your thoughts about all this, my friend. Go ahead, Ed. Well, you're totally right, Rita. Let me thank you first for honoring uh, uh, Brother Moon, the fireman. My father was a, uh, a 21-year member of the fire department, which I have in my blood and respect. Uh, oh, absolutely. What, by the way, what a heartbreaking who was laid to rest oh. today and uh, oh, yeah. beloved in the fire department. And also, you know what I was amazed, Eddie? Um, over 1,100 oh, deaths so far at the FDNY in the line of duty over their years. I mean, that's a, it just, it's such a reminder of what a tough job it is, Eddie. And God bless your dad. And obviously, God bless the Moon family tonight. It's not just the death of one, it's the family. And my own Uncle Dennis, my father's best friend from next door, um, uh, at my dad's wake, my friend uh, Dennis Jr. said, You know, we went fishing and camping with your father, but imagine if my dad had been alive. He'd be taking us places and we'd be doing things together. So there's a whole multiplicity there in that. Uh, real brotherhood that you don't find in any Masonic lodge or anywhere else. No, you're right. Those, it, which I'm one. And no. But um, Santos, I, I think uh, I called. I told you, call screen. I, I believe he should run for president because we have a new era of Biden politicians. They just go on like um, sort of like a current that brings out the sea, and you can't swim through it all because there's more every day. There's more every day. You, you don't so know do you, let me just ask you, Ed, do you believe what, that he's sort of like uh, like uh, uh, follows in the footsteps of Biden and his inconsistencies? You know, I mean, Biden definitely, look, Biden plagiarized. Um, that happened back in the 80s. Um, he uh, continues well, cool. to make these comments. Yeah, about that he was top of the class recently. He yeah. wasn't. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions in there. But But this to me seems like. At every single, I wonder how much of part of, I mean, obviously you can't blame age in the 80s with the plagiarism, but you can certainly blame his age now. I'm not even sure if he knows what room he's in, let alone what school he went to. What do you think, Ed? Well, I, I think people run on their record. You have a good one. You could run. I think he must have been watching what Biden was doing and saying, um, well, I can do this. Yeah, you're you at, by, your the record, way, by the so way, you're right, Ed. He's probably like, hey, if that guy can do it, anybody could do it. Ed, thank you. And by the way, thank you also for your father's great service uh, and the fire department. How beautiful is that? Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Go ahead, Mike. Your thoughts about George Santos. Should he stay or go? Well, I'll tell you real quick. I was a drummer back in the day, Rita. I know your name is Rita because your perfume smells, smells so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, the police. You know, I grew up, uh, I love uh, Myrtle Beach. I've been there many times. I'm a snowbird, but I grew up in Nassau County. So, you know, I can speak volumes of what I've seen in the uh, political arena. And look at this guy, Santos. You know, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we start to deceive. You know, what a compulsive, out-of-control liar. Never went to this school. His mother died on 9-11. What's his mental capacity? Federal prosecutors, you know, could be moving in. It's just uh, I think he took a page from, uh, you know, the donkey. And even though he's an elephant, a Republican, he took a page from the donkey, from Joe Biden with his, uh, you know, wall-to-wall lies. And if I can give a shout-out to your audience, please, if you call, lower your radio, please. 
is like fingernails in a blackwood. Yeah, by the way, by the way, I've told a couple of them tonight. Uh, Exactly that. Mike, we love you. Thank you very, very much. Always appreciate your calls. Let's go to Stan. Stan, line two. Stan, your thoughts about all this. Uh, You are a pretty good interviewer, and with all respect to your interviewing skills, Stan, I believe you gave me a compliment. I'm going to write did, this down. Yeah, okay. Did, but it's, it's going to the left side now. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Here's it didn't last long, but you go ahead. Good. <laughs> Listen, the real story is Kelsey Gabbard. Okay, I'm not a fan, but she, you Tulsi know, he was Gabbard. Tulsi yeah, Gabbard. He, yeah. Yeah, he was thinking he was going to a friendly place. She was thinking court martial. She's a former Marine. She chopped this guy up, spit him out. Yes, and she at did. The end, she dismissed him. Like he was not, he was destroyed. The only place he can get an interview is maybe Radio Free Europe, because that's the only place that'll take him. He has been destroyed. She, she, she is a female Mike Wallace. She is that good. Yeah, by, by the way, I thought no she was great. No, 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 and, no and, and Stan, thank you. You're such a sweetheart. But I do agree with you that she did take him to lunch. Um, I thought it was so powerful. And I also think part of it, Stan, too, she is a former member of Congress. So she, remember, and she's the one who famously took Kamala Harris to lunch, remember, and also Biden to lunch during the debates. Yeah, when because she's a Democrat, you know, um, even though she said she's leaving the Democratic Party, all that stuff. But she still has been one of those people who sort of stayed true to her values. And she, I think, took great umbrage that here's a guy who's running for Congress, has now won, he's about to be seated, and be in a body that she was a part of for, you know, a bit of time and feels that it's a privilege, as as I do, too, to represent the people of America. I think if somebody is elected to office, they should have high standards. They should be honest with their voters. And she personally takes, I think, a lot of, like, personal uh, frustration with them. And it clearly came through the other night. Um, so I, I agree with you. I didn't think I'd ever agree with you, but I do on this one, Stan. Uh, No question about it. When we come back, we're going to continue your calls about George Santos and also a new poll saying, who do people want to run for president again? The question is, do they want Biden or Trump or somebody else? It turns out they want somebody younger and they don't want to see a rematch of Trump v. Biden. Do you? We're going to talk about that briefly when we come back. The Rita Cosby Show. And a brand new Suffolk University and USA Today poll, as we've been talking about George Santos and whether or not he'll be seated, there's now talk about who should run for president next go round. And this is kind of interesting. The new results show 50% overwhelmingly, most Americans want to see a younger president, somewhere between 51 to 65 years old. That's sort of the sweet spot which is an interesting thing. They also want to see somebody who has basically been a governor, who has a little bit of that experience in their background, and really somebody who has vast experience on a whole bunch of levels. Here is Democratic strategist Mark Penn talking about what the poll shows. I think with pandemics, with nuclear threats, with the war in Ukraine, 
frankly, foreign affairs experience also should be thrown in the mix. But I think people want to return to competence. I think they've tried going all business. They've tried going all politics. And now they want competence, management experience, yeah. and I think most importantly, bringing the country together. That's why this is going to be maybe the most interesting political year ever, particularly if it turns out that Biden and Trump are not the nominees. And majorities in both parties now are against renominating them for president. And in this poll, it does show that, and again, every poll is different, uh, but this poll says, do you want to see Biden run for re-election? 67% say no. And then under the Trump question, it's 69% say no. So overwhelmingly, both are saying no to a rematch. So that's an interesting thing. Here is what Susan Crabtree of Real Clear Politics has to say about that. More than two-thirds of Americans do not want Joe Biden to run, and they're citing his age as a, as a major factor. And the same thing with Trump. 69% do not want a rematch. I'm thinking that people, as we look to the new year here, people want out with the old, in with the new. They would really love to have a new candidate. They don't want to see this octogenarian battle or near octogenarian battle play out again, a rerun of 2020. And they're really looking for new blood. So do you think we'll see new blood come January. I mean, it's literally right around the corner because President Biden said that he may decide to announce if he's going to run it. It looks like he will uh, as early as January. So we may know very, very soon if he's running. Obviously, Trump's in the race. So could we see a rematch? And is that what you want to see, too? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. If you look at the Democratic bench, There's a number of younger people in the bench. Kamala Harris, I don't think she's presidential material. I think Gavin Newsom wants to run, but he's waiting to see what's going to happen with Biden. Buttigieg, he's still trying to figure out potholes in his old city. He can't even figure out Southwest Airlines. I mean, give me a break. That's a whole big issue. But then also on the GOP side, is DeSantis ready? Would he challenge Trump? That's the wild card. So there's a lot of questions tonight. Right now, I think likely we will see. A rematch. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Paul. Line eight. What do you think about all of this, Paul? Um, do you think uh, these polls are accurate or is that just a snapshot? Well, polls have their issues. I just want to tell you that uh, I have a choice often to listen to XM or to you and I listen to you whenever I'm in this part of the country. And I want to say that we Thank can really you. put the two... We can put the two things together. Um, Santos has just given a new meaning to motherhood and apple pie. Anybody who would, you know, sell their mother for for an election, heck, even the mafias, you know, has some respect for the mother. My point is... You're right. That, By the way, you're right. If a mob boss was there, I don't think he would lie about his mother or his mother's death. You know, you're right. A mob yeah. boss, the, even the mob boss has sacred roots. That, don't don't talk about the mother and don't talk about Italian sauce. Those are the two hot that, spots. Do not touch those. That all said, I think people are fed up with the power in Washington. And really what they're saying is we want someone to bring us not necessarily together, because I think we're too far apart for that. We want a leader. We want a person who's not just trying to get the next election for their party, 
You want a person who really cares about what's happening to the American people. Absolutely. Now, most of these politicians, most of these politicians, they don't think when they have to when they have to fill up their their tank of gas. The rest of us might even only put a half a tank in because we're working and it costs more. And we want someone, the profile of someone who's uh, 50s to uh, 50s to 60s, et cetera, and all that, and a governor, is someone who has to take problems that affect a locale and fix it. And they want someone to do that for the country the same way it was done for a state of a governor. And if you notice, really go back to Nixon. Think of all the people who have done crazy stuff for power grab. So you know, you know what's it. interesting, also, Paul. I think also, um, like you said, I do think actually governors often make great presidents because they've had to manage the state and been very hands-on and have that executive experience. I also think that people just see Biden right now and he looks so slow and lethargic that they just want a burst of energy because it's like painful to get through any speech with him. Um, real quick, let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania, line five. Dave, your thought, real quick. Real quick, yeah, I mean, I think these polls are so preliminary. I think when it comes to the primary, uh, things will change. I don't think Biden's going to run. I, I think he may be because of the impeachment controversy. And I think if anybody has a proven track for it's President Trump. And by the way, I agree with you. It's a lifetime away. I'm not sure. I think Biden is going to run. But it might get dicey when they start talking about Hunter and investigating that. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.